0: Welcome to Bible Center Church, and thank you so much for joining us on BC Podcast. Here's a message to encourage your heart this week. Well, good morning. Welcome to Bible Center Church. It's been an amazing morning so far. Love the students, and it was fun to be on the other side of the uh, the platform this morning, worshiping. Um, We've got some friends with us who are going to help us uh, start the service. Uh, This morning, we're going to talk about the shepherds, and so I think these guys might be able to help us shed some light on what it might have been like to, uh, to be a shepherd. So um, can you tell me, do you know anything about shepherds? Watching them. You watch, you watch the shepherds, or do the shepherds watch the sheep? Shepherd's they watch the sheep, yeah. Well, what do you think shepherds do? They take care of the sheep. Take care of the sheep? They protect the sheep. Protect them? Oh, that's an important thing. Do you got anything? Nothing? <laughs> do, you know, do you know what a sheep is? I did too. And um, so we're going to, I need your help telling, reading the story this morning. Um, can you guys, um, there's a couple words I want you to, to jump in with me. So the first one is when I, when I say the word suddenly, I want you to practice something that will come very helpful later in life. It's called the audible gasp. Okay, so it goes like this. <gasps> yeah, that's, and sometimes there's additions to it. Yes. Uh, it's a more complex move. You've already mastered it. Um, so audible gasp. And then can you give me your afraid face? The, <gasps> Oh, well, that's, well, that's a guess. That's a ah, terrified face. Okay, good. You guys are ready for it. So when those come up, I want you guys to be ready. So we're going to read in Luke chapter 2, and we're going to take a peek and look inside the lives of the shepherds and what's going on this morning. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified... Very good. You guys are awesome. And they were terrified. The angel of the Lord said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, maybe we can get everyone to help us. Suddenly the audible gasp. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning all that had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. You guys did such a great job. Can we thank my helpers this morning? All right, you guys can go that way. Well, we are in the middle of a series called Home for Christmas. Pastor Mike last week talked to us and encouraged us that home is not a location, home is a person. And not just any person, that home is Jesus. And so we're gonna continue on in that series today with a welcoming home is the title of today's message. What makes a welcoming home? Well, I'd love to illustrate that with a couple of pictures this morning. Um, I married into an amazing family. When I was younger, my dad said, hey, look, I'm gonna give you some really good advice. You need to marry up because you need all the help you can get. So when I found Tiffany, it's like, look, this is it. So like all in. And so she said yes. And I'm not sure it was a weak moment for her, but I was like, that's awesome. Like I was very grateful for that. And she's amazing. Her family is amazing. Um, amazing in-laws. In the previous message, I talked about how her dad, Jim, is like amazing mechanic um, super, super helpful because I don't know a ton about cars. Now I know a lot more. And so um, an- another thing about her family is her mom is very like hospitable and welcoming and has an amazing home. And so every time we go there, we have fridge rights so we can go in. And just, you know, that's how you really know if you're home. But I'd love to give you a picture um, and then contrast that, that with another picture. So the first picture you're going to see is home right before the kids get there. So you can see home, decorated, nice and neat, everything, you know, where it should be. And then five minutes later, this is what happens. And if I can tell you, there are like 500 Matchbox cars around there somewhere, Hot Wheels cars. Um, And it is like a crazy navigation. But what makes that welcoming is the fact that grandma wasn't like, hey, look, put all the cars back. I don't want the mess. Grandma's like, hey, got the home ready? And she's inviting that mess. She's inviting that chaos. And that was during Thanksgiving. We had like 20 people in the house, and it was chaotic. But inviting that and making that, that's what makes a home. You invite the crazy, you invite the chaos, and you know it's coming. You're still good with it. We also have been invited back. So I'm grateful for that. That's what makes, that's the difference between something being welcoming and not. And we think about a welcoming home and what that means for you and me as we follow Jesus, we're going to take a look at three different people and what it means that Jesus welcomes us home. So the first people that we see, if we think about even like the shepherds and their relationship to what's going on in the Christmas story is that we see that Jesus welcomes struggling people. And if you're human, you're struggling. Another word for that we could also use is faithful faithful people. Uh, Many of you, as I'm looking around, you've been here for a while, and you've been a part of the Bible Center Church family, and you're involved in, um, in helping serve Jesus in many different ways. And if you haven't heard someone say this lately, like just coming and going and doing the simple menial things over and over again is such an encouragement to my heart. If you think about shepherds, their job was to watch sheep. That's what they did. Um, watching them entail protecting them, feeding them, um, you know, making sure they didn't do crazy stuff, keeping them from hurting themselves. And you're thinking to yourself, maybe as a parent, you're like, well, that's kind of what I do with my kids. Like, that's basically parenting. You would be correct. Trying to keep people from hurting themselves and making sure they're fed. Um, there's a lot more to it than that, but there's, you know, from some of you, we'll just start real there. Um, they're taking care of these sheep because sheep are prone to getting hurt. They're prone to getting Um, just distracted and just getting in a a bad mess. And so these shepherds would care for them and, and nurture them and make sure that they had what they needed to be safe. They were faithful at their job. They took time and they were available. And so as we peek in in the story and we see what they're doing, they're out doing their job. They're out present in the fields, with these sheep, when the angels of heaven and God's glory breaks through the night sky, and they give them this, the angels give incredible news that the Savior has been born. Jesus welcomes struggling people. The shepherds had struggles like you and me. They struggled with family dynamics. They struggled with finances. They, I mean, they're not shepherds because they're doing really well in life. They're shepherds because. That's where they landed. They're not the king. They're not running things. They're not rulers of stuff, but they're watching these sheep in this field, and they're they're just doing their everyday life. They weren't extraordinary. They were normal, and maybe sometimes you feel like that, that you're normal or you're not that extraordinary, but you know what? God loves faithfulness in small things. I think that's one of the keys of following Jesus is he's given us this privilege to follow him, but do we stick at it day in and day out? Are we consistent in following him? And if you are one of the people who are day in and day out, you are going for it and you're trying to love Jesus and you're struggling with what it's like to have have family and friends and dynamics there. Maybe you're struggling to keep ahead of like dishes in our house. It's like, I'll get done with one dish and then 12 more appear. And it's like, well, how did that get there? I don't know. They just feel like they just keep spawning over and over again. Um, if it's you get struggle with just dealing with the mundane of like I gotta go follow this routine every day. It's never changing. Is what I'm doing significant? God never overlooks consistent faithfulness. And if that's you, maybe it's like look, I've just been coming to church week in and week out and serving Jesus, trying to read my Bible and growing in, just week after week, month after month, and you just trying to be faithful. God notices that and He loves that. Jesus welcomes struggling people. You are noticed by him. And I love that. He he cares about us so much. You think about the the struggles that the shepherds had, and we named a couple of them. Um, Some of them were just probably at times just staying awake. I talked to a dad in in the last service, and he got off work at 4 a.m., tried to get some sleep, and then he brought his kids here um, this morning for the first service. I'm like, man, like, that's incredible, and he's, I think, he, I think I didn't, he didn't tell me that he went to sleep or rested during the sermon. But if he did, like, look, I get it. Like, that's a, that's a tough night. Um, God loves us when we struggle. And so if you feel like maybe he doesn't notice that, I want to remind you that he does. And he cares for that deeply. Jesus promises us in the New Testament, and in John, he's like, I've told you these things that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. To be human is to suffer. To be human is to struggle. To be human is to have trouble. But I love the fact that even though God knows that we're gonna have trouble and we're gonna struggle, that he invites us to continue on that journey with him, continue to follow Jesus well. And so Jesus comes on the scene, and the shepherds are made aware of that, comes on the scene, the people who are just struggling, trying to live everyday life. So we see that Jesus welcomes struggling people. Maybe this morning you're like, man, like you don't know what I'm dealing with. You, like struggle is not a word I would use because I'm so far beyond that that I can't describe what I'm feeling this morning. Maybe for you, it's that word might even be Frustrating. Well, Jesus also welcomes hurting people. When we hurt, God cares. When we feel forgotten and abandoned and we are just having a hard time living life, he cares. Jesus welcomes and invites hurting people. He sees you when you suffer. He gives you comfort when you grieve and he gives you rest for your soul. I love Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 to 30. It says this, come to me. And this is Jesus talking. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, you who are weary and burdened. It's not, hey, stay away. When everyone was trying to keep people from Jesus, Jesus was like, no, bring them. He invites the the pain, your pain. He invites the hardship that we experience. And he doesn't ignore it. The longer I'm here at the church, I look out and I see faces. And I know many of you, and you've walked through some really difficult things, some really hard moments. Some of them for you are really fresh. There was two families this last week that lost loved ones. And you and I know what that's like. For you, this Christmas might be a very challenging Christmas. I think of our TV audience who's out there, and you're sitting in your homes, and you're hearing what's going on in our church and maybe you feel so distant from us, but I want you to know that we love you and that Jesus loves hurting people and welcomes you. We welcome you here at our church family. For the church family that's here this morning, Jesus welcomes you in your pain and your suffering. And I think there's two options. Either we acknowledge the pain or we try to diminish the pain. It's not easy to be vulnerable. To be vulnerable, you have to put it all on the table. And I think, um, I was told the last service this, one of the pro tips that I would give you and me is that Jesus wants you to come with him, even with your hurt. And so how to do that? If someone ever comes to you and says, hey, how are you doing? And they respond, I'm fine. That's not, that's not a great response. And I would encourage you to take another step forward. It'd be kind of like, you know, how's, your, uh, you know, how's, your, how's the, this restaurant Okay, I'm going to go here. and going to eat. And I uh, actually ran into a guy one time. He was the food, um, the health inspector. And I was getting ready to go in this restaurant. And um, he said, hey, uh, how are you doing? We talked a little bit back and forth. And I asked him, am I going to be okay? And he looked at me and was like, ah, you'll be fine. When you're getting ready to eat something, and that's, a health, like, that's his response. I'm like, am I rolling the dice? Is this 50-50? Like, what am I, like, can I see, like, the the odds on this situation? Like, I'm going to be fine. Like, I'm going to, like, be really down for five days and then be okay. Like, what are we talking about here? That's not what I want to hear. Fine means feelings internalized, not expressed. So if someone says to you, I'm fine, that's, like, an opportunity for you to love hurting people well and just double-click on that. Go a little bit deeper. Tell me how you're really doing. That's one of the lines I like to use is tell me how you're really doing. Because oftentimes people want to tell me. We want someone to know our hurt and to care for it and to steward it well and to love us well through those hurting moments. But we can't do that if we don't know how you feel. And I know that's a step, but there's, there's a staff here and I am here to love you well in hurting moments. So now we're, we're friends, like we're family now. So if you got hurting, hurt, you got to deal with like, please come talk to me. And I, sometimes I get this excuse, hey, look, like you're so busy and you got a lot going on. And, but I, like, I believe God created me to be bothered by people. Like for, for you, you see it as a bother for me. It's like, oh, I would love to help. I wanna hear, I wanna listen. I wanna pray for you. I wanna encourage you. Like that's the heart that we have as a church for people. We love hurting people. We want to be with them. I love the fact that Jesus welcomes hurt So the stuff you're feeling, don't hide it, don't bury it. Walk with someone who loves Jesus through those moments. Be vulnerable, and the place that that starts is to God. Hey God, I'm angry with, God, I'm mad at, God, I can't deal with, God, this happened and I don't know how to move forward. God, I got the wind knocked out of me in life and I can't get back up again. Like, God cares about those things. And when we diminish those and we hide those things, like, that's what Satan wants us to do. But we're called to, to bear burdens with one another and to come to Jesus with those things. So maybe even right now, the stuff that you're fighting with God about, you just pause and be like, God, just help me. Don't know what to do with this. Look, God can handle you being angry with Him, God can handle your frustration. Like, he's been handling frustration all through it. Like, it's in the Bible all the time. And like, he hasn't, you know, he's still good with it. So God can handle you working through stuff. If you need time to work through things, then take the time to work through stuff. If you need a pastor to jump in to help you, like, hey, my email's right on the website. There's people here to love you well through life. Like, we're a church, and we do stuff, and we go places, we do amazing things God has blessed us with, but we love people, and um, every Thursday when we do rehearsals, like there's a part of me, like when I'm done, I look out and all the chairs are empty. There's no one in here. But I like, it's never lost on me that on Sunday morning, like in these moments together, there's people in those seats that are going to live somewhere for eternity. And I want them to live well, to thrive well, and to die well, while they're in our care as a pastor. Because we love people. Jesus loves people. And so we're going to We knowingly choose to walk through the mess of life to love people well. And so if you're hurting this morning, Jesus knows and he feels and he loves you. He loves us. His primary motivation is born out of love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And when it says world there, it's not talking about the planet. It's talking about people. It's talking about you, your name, your face, your struggles, and all the stuff inside. Like we get to see the exterior. We get to see the tip of the iceberg, but all that stuff underneath, some of that we hide from people our entire lives. God knows all of that in his disposition permanently towards you and towards me is one of unconditional love. And if you hear nothing else this morning, you are loved. That is true. That's what God's word says. You're not just loved by God of the universe. You're loved by us as a church. I love you. I've given my life to ministry. Our staff has given their lives to serving and caring for you, and we want to do that well, and do we make mistakes? Sure, Do we mess up? Sure, but like I'd rather dive into the mess and figure it out than just say, "Ah, oh, let someone else take care of it." No, like this is our moment as a church to come together and to love each other well. Jesus sees us when you, Jesus sees you when you suffer. Jesus gives comfort when you grieve, and Jesus, like matthew 28: 30 says He gives rest for our souls. Jesus came for you. Jesus welcomes hurting people. When you think about the shepherds, um, that's a huge theme in the Bible. There's some pretty famous shepherds that you might know. Maybe you don't. Um, But in the Old Testament, um, before Jesus came, Moses uh, was a shepherd. King David was a shepherd. And so it's a part of that culture Um, As we're leading up to the story, shepherding is a normal part, a normal occurrence in the lives of these people. If you fast forward, Jesus is born, you fast forward to later in his life, he makes this phrase, and it's not like he's just trying to pull an idea out of thin air, or he's going to try to just say something clever, but he says this intentionally, and he says this in John 10, 11 to 15. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks and the flock is scattered. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay my life down for the sheep. What does it mean that Jesus is the good shepherd? It means that he cares for us through all of the seasons of life what does it mean that Jesus laid down his life for the sheep? It means that Jesus was born in a manger, and he lived a sinless life, being the only one who could pay the penalty for my sin and for your sin, and that he, after this passage, we find out that he dies on the cross and is crucified for you and for me, so that way we could have a forever home. And three days later, after he died, he rose again, having victory over death. So when you think about this idea of belonging, an idea of home and what that looks like, it looks like God sent his son to the earth to give you and me home that we never could have had on our own. He gave us a forever home with Jesus. You and I have hope right now because Jesus Christ came to this planet was born in the manger, died and rose again so that way we could have access to God. Like the way home for you and for me is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and then you will be saved. We find forgiveness and we find rest for our souls and we find healing for hard moments in our life. And it doesn't make everything go away, but our perspective changes when we know the God of the universe is walking through the valleys with us. So we believe that. And we want you to know you can have freedom from sin today. You can have hope for eternity today. And it's not just when we die and we go to heaven. Like No, it's hope through the hardships of life. And if you're here and you're hanging on by a thread and you're hurting, I want you to know Jesus is welcoming you with the disposition of love. He's welcoming you with love to step through and trust him today. What amazing savior we serve If you know Jesus and you've been walking with him and your life has fallen apart and you are struggling and you maybe don't even know what to do next, I want you to know that Jesus is present with you in your suffering. He never leaves suffering people out to dry. You may not feel like he's there, but I want you to encourage you. I want you to know that he is, even though you may not feel that way. And I know that takes an incredible amount of trust. But trusting Jesus, I've never been with someone when they're dying, they're saying, hey, look, I just probably shouldn't have trusted Jesus as much. No, they're grateful that they trusted him in those hard moments. And if you're struggling with that, come talk to me. Let's talk. Don't struggle alone. Jesus welcomes hurting people in our church, bible Center church, we welcome hurting people too. We love struggling people. We're here. Hurting people share hope with other hurting people. Like you hear the story of Jesus because hurting people wanted to share the hope and the news and the joy of Jesus. So maybe today, God may be leading you in the midst of your hurt and your suffering to take that hope and that home of being Jesus to other people. So we see Jesus welcomes struggling people. Jesus welcomes hurting people. And um, sometimes as I'm speaking, like, I'll hear someone say, like, yeah, well, that's for someone else. Like, yeah, you're not talking to me this morning. So my last point is, like, the catch-all. So if I didn't say, like, something specific that relates to you, but invent one and just say, that's what I meant. Um, The last point is Jesus welcomes outsiders, runaways, the unwanted, and the overlooked. Um, I was looking, uh, scrolling through Facebook, and I saw a video that was super helpful that just kind of describes sometimes my relationship with Jesus. It's like sometimes we can feel like we're doing so good, but we try so hard and we keep making mistake after mistake. And I think if you wanna watch this with me, this is probably like the best way to illustrate um, what that feels like in the life of a believer. So the sheep's stuck, he's struggling. That sometimes describes my life. So, it's crazy. Let's start that over once, one more time because sometimes, like, this is, sometimes this is on repeat in our lives, right? And he's trying so hard. It's like, okay, got you out, buddy. You're doing great. Keep going. All right. Now live for me. Follow me. Doing great. Boom. Stuck again like, doesn't that illustrate, like, our relationship with Jesus sometimes? It's like, oh, man, like, you know, God can't, I've I've sinned too many times, or I'm too far away. I'm like, all this stuff, like, and those are cards that are dealt, like, from the devil. Like, God doesn't do that. God's like, yeah, you messed up again. Like, I'm still here. Like, if you try to, like, run away from God, and you keep falling back into the same thing over and over and over again, we might think, well, God, like, he's, like, he stopped a long time ago. But no, like, That's not true. Like college student, if you're in here and it's like, I'm struggling to live for Jesus and it's frustrating to me to to figure all these things out in life and I'm trying to live for him, but it's like, it's struggling. Like maybe over and over for you, maybe that illustrates your life. Look, like God's calling you to live for him and to live to a point where you can give your life to him and trust him with the future. Maybe you're a kid in here. It's like, well, they always talk to the adults. Like, hey, little kid, tell you what? Sometimes when we make mistakes, you're gonna make a lot of them just keep trying to pursue Jesus. And when you fall back into a hard place where you can't get out, trust the fact that Jesus is never far away. He's ready to pull you back out. Like sometimes it's like multiple days. Like I've seen some of you like uh, flying up the 119 here and sometimes like just dealing with traffic and our attitudes towards other people can really just test you how spiritually mature we are. And so we got to keep confessing our frustration towards other drivers. Maybe it's way deeper than that for you. Maybe you've been struggling with addiction. Maybe you've been struggling with um, just relationship stuff. Maybe it's way, way deeper than that. Maybe it's stuff that no one's ever gonna know about. And as you feel like maybe God overlooked you, And if you feel like you're all alone and that you're an outsider and all you want to do is be invited into a loving family where there's acceptance and there's love and there's kindness, Jesus is welcoming you home. If you you believe for a moment that Jesus isn't welcoming you home, then you don't know the Jesus that we're talking about. And as far as you and I can try to run away from God, we cannot outrun him. We can't hide from him. If we believe the lie that we're overlooked and that God's caring about someone else, like, I want to encourage you to stop believing that because it's not true. The shepherds, I'm sure, felt overlooked. Like, there's, that was not the greatest job. And if you're leading up to this moment, there was 400 years of quiet. I mean, like, we get frustrated when our internet is out, Imagine that for 400 years. Like there's no communication between God and mankind. That's a long time. And so in the beginning of Luke, we see all these things coming. And then when it comes to our friends, the shepherds, they're just being faithful, showing up, and they've got struggles and they've got hurts. But in the midst of their lives, God sends these angels to tear through the heavens and say, hey guys, guess what? This happened. And so they leave something good to go towards something great. So they leave the sheep, they go down, they see all this stuff that has happened. And sure enough, Jesus is there. And you know what their response is. And I'm sure they, I mean, they're like normal humans like you and me. But their response after seeing Jesus is just going and telling everyone that they know that this amazing thing has happened. This incredible thing, the God of the universe is here. And they didn't understand what that fully meant. Only God knew that but they tell everybody. And so today, if you're that outsider and you feel like you're the runaway and you're pursuing other things other than Jesus, if you feel like you've been unwanted and overlooked, I wanna tell you that Jesus wants you in the inside. Jesus wants you to come home. Jesus wants you to know that you are wanted. Luke is an amazing book. And if we fast forward again from the manger scene, later on into the life of Jesus, we find Luke 19.10. And the per, the per, Jesus is at this guy's house who is like all of these things. He's unwanted. He's, a run, like, he's not living for Jesus at all. But Jesus says this. Some other people ask him, was like, you know, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing to hang out with this guy? And Luke 19.10 says this. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Why did Jesus come? Why all of the nativity scenes, the manger, the Christmas trees, like why do we do all this stuff? It's because Jesus' purpose was to come and to seek and to save the lost, and we can make that impersonal, but it's, nothing is impersonal when it comes to God. It's always personal. He's got a personal interest in you and me because he invested his son so we could have eternity. He gave us Jesus so we could have home. So if we ever think that like, God's not invested, God's all in for you. Like this is in the Bible, but the, like, the story of Jesus and what's going on continues. And you and I are here right now. We're a continuation of that story. And God came to seek and to save you. Like we can be in this room and our, you know, location services can be enabled and we've got our pinpoint on our GPS and we can know exactly where we are and we can still be as lost as ever. Maybe you know Jesus and you're lost because you're just wandering and you haven't been following him. It's time to come home. Maybe you have never placed your faith and your trust in what God has done. And you're like, I'm not really sure what that means. Well, I'd love to talk to you about that and show you how you can know you can have a relationship with the God of the universe because he tells us, why I come? came to seek and to save the lost. So you might be here, we may even have known each other for a long time, but you know what, let's get this right. Life's too short to miss the most important things. Maybe you've been joining us on TV and you haven't been a part of our services. I wanna invite you to come, to be a part of a church family, people who love you, to reach out. If you need someone to pray for you, or you wanna know how to follow Jesus, We are right here, we're a real place with real people that really love Jesus. There's nothing, I feel like there's nothing as fleeting as the moment of conviction. So as Jesus is prodding your heart and he's pushing on you and leaning into you this morning, whether you just need to go and just praise him for what he's done or maybe he's kind of leading you to make some decisions today, don't miss it. I'm gonna be standing in the lobby on the way out and sometimes I'll see people like oh, they kinda of wanna walk and they like scooch on past because like it's busy. But like I'm here all like this, I'm here all the time. Like I'm here all day. Like if we're gonna stay here till midnight and we gotta talk about stuff, then like I'll do it. Like I wanna give you, and our staff wants to give you, and our pastors wanna give you every opportunity to have access to have hope and encouragement and find belonging. Like I wanna make it as easy as possible and feel like, well, I've got an excuse that'll stump you. You don't even know. I, like, I'd love that. Like, Give me the most challenging question you got. Like, Give me the most difficult thing you've got going. Like, let's, and let's talk through it. I may not have the answers, but I'm gonna trust that God's gonna lead us in the best way forward. I don't know it all, but I just wanna step in and be willing. So as we think about our friends as shepherds and we think about Christmas and we think about what's our role in all that, for me, it comes down to one thing applied two different ways. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. If you don't know Jesus, there's a welcoming place for you. I'd love to talk to you about that. You can trust him today, right here, right wherever you're sitting. If you you know Jesus, maybe for you, it's like, I just need someone to pray with me. And there's people who are ready to pray with you at the end of the service. I am, there'll be others around, grab us. Um, it's maybe that's how you, what home, coming home looks for you, looks like for you today. The second thing would be, it's, if you know Jesus, it's time to take home to other people. The greatest evangelists in the room are you. Like, you don't have to go to Bible college to tell someone about Jesus. You don't honestly have to know a lot. Like, the shepherds heard from the angels, and like, a couple verses later, they're the world's greatest evangelists. Like, they were telling people about Jesus. You don't have to know. Like, you don't have to be equipped much. You don't have to know a lot. A little bit of hope goes an incredibly long way. So it's, it's great to live a life that's godly, but it's best to live a life that's godly, and then talk about it. People need crucial conversations. People need invested in from you and invited to be a part of something that's going on. So we have an incredible Christmas Eve service, and I want to invite you to that. But more than that, I'd love for you to bring someone with you. Like, that's Jesus' whole mantra. It's like, grabbing people off the street, people who aren't qualified, and he's like, look, just come, I just need willingness. So I wouldn't, like, grab people off the street and, like, you know, cost them and, like, drag them through the doors. Probably not a great tactic but you have relationships, leverage those. The hope that you feel you need and the hope that you need it in your life, someone else needs that. If you don't know of someone, then talk to me. Let's find a way so you can be around people who need Jesus. I just wanna bring people to the best thing and share it with everybody. And the best thing for you and for me is to be with Jesus. And the best thing for others is for us to take them, our friends who need hope. Like our world is desperate for hope and bring them to Jesus whether that's sharing a verse with them or bringing them to Christmas Eve service. But we are the church. We are a part of it. We have a vested interest because the God of the universe invested so much for us. So it's time if you don't know Jesus to come home. And if you believe in Jesus, it's time to take home to other people. I'm with you in the fight. I'm with you in doing that. So let's pray and ask God that he would help us and strengthen us to do that well. For more information, visit us at biblecenterchurch.com and give us a follow on all platforms at Bible Center.